0: This evening's Dharma talk is based on a teaching by the 19th, 20th century teacher, uh, Ju Mipam of, uh, who was a, a master in the Yingma lineage of Tibet. It's called, the uh, four reliances. I'm going to talk about the first one, which is, um, rely on the teachings, rely on the instruction, rely on what is being pointed out rather than the personality of the one who is pointing. So this doesn't mean you might not be magnetized by someone who's a teacher. But at some point, look at where that teaching person is pointing to about the teacher, him or herself. So that's sometimes difficult to do because part of that is our own hopes and fears, our own um, judgments about ourselves, judgments about others. And we tend to do the same thing with a teacher. So some kind of ideal idealizing, sometimes called guru worship or something like that. And it's not that there shouldn't be some devotion to that person, but it it needs to to go. Uh, it's not where you totally give up your personality, like is sometimes thought in various writings on the topic, where someone totally turns their life over. And even in Tibetan Buddhism, there are forms where show up where um, this uh, turning oneself completely over to the teacher shows up there. I don't think that's what Pam meant for people to do. And it's perhaps that was going on in the, that time that he was alive. So maybe that's why that particular teaching showed up for him to talk about. So look at what the where the teaching person, the teacher, is pointing. Look at what they're pointing at. If they're a true teacher... They'll all be all about pointing that out, helping you train your mind, helping you to see what is fundamentally true and uh, not particularly using their charisma, if they have any, to just magnetize or get control of you or get control of anything or get praise or become famous. But motivation around that for the teacher and motivation for the student are very important. There's not really too much to be said about that. I was asked to do a talk a little bit about those, uh, rem, uh, reliances. And I'll, the next three, I'll talk about it another time. But I'd like to use this as an opportunity for you to ask questions about the student teacher relationship if you have them. There's a lot of misunderstanding out there. And if I, if you have questions, I can respond to them. Yes. Shoka? Sometimes you say, uh, you need to meet the teacher. So you can leave the teacher? Yes. What's
1: leaving the teacher?
0: So, Trung Rinpoche, that's a teaching of my, my teacher, my first teacher, Chogyam Trung Rinpoche. And in his book, uh, The Myth of Freedom, he says in the chapter on, I think it's on the teacher or the guru or something like that. Uh, if anybody, does anybody know which chapter that's in, where he says, you, you, uh, is it that chapter or is it another one? Ooh, that's in uh, Cutting Okay, that's in Cutting Through. Sure. Well, you study that book a lot, so you probably would have a good idea. Um, so before you can actually leave the teacher, you have to actually be a student. You have to study under the teacher, and you do that until you leave the teacher. And that leaving the teacher won't be a choice. It won't be like I'm deciding to leave the teacher. If you do decide to leave, to leave the teacher, uh, that's incorrect. You want to say it's incorrect? I'm not saying... I'm not saying you're a bad person, you're wrong, and you shouldn't have done that. I'm just saying that that that's that's a, an early version of the teacher. So you should hang around. You should hang around until you see, this is just a way of talking about it. It might not have all this kind of a magical um, appearance to it, but you see that the teacher, that you, who you are, your identity, and the teacher are not two different things, different beings. And that's a very simple but very tacit understanding. You just see it. There's no clamor. There's no rejoicing. There's no horns or bells, whistles, rainbows, unicorns. Well, in the case of a few people, there'll be rainbows, but others don't get anything. You know who you are.
1: Um, in that saying, it seems like there's like an implication of fruition. Yes. That would be leaving the teacher. What if one does not... Realize the truth before the teacher passes. How do we continue to stay with the teacher if there's
0: not a physical presence anymore? Well, in our situation, there's, because of the because of the CIA and all the other people that are taking notes, uh, technology, you know, or books, or reading. You know, if, if I, uh, uh, when, when this physical form goes away, you won't be able to tell if I'm in the other room or not. You can't even tell that now. Other than look out and see if the Prius is out there,
1: <laughs> unless you sneakily park back here.
0: I do park back there, but you I mean I'm just I'm not being silly about. It. I'm saying you can't really tell for sure. If someone passes away, they just don't ever show up anymore. It Doesn't mean they're gone. You still carry them around in your consciousness in your mind. Uh, anybody who has a, a relative or a friend or someone who's passed away, even though they're gone. You know, you might want to just reflect on how they haven't really left. They're still, you still have them. They're still here. And they're probably more here than you think they are. Because quite often we emphasize so much the negative part of it. Oh, they're gone. Uh, I feel so sad. I miss them. Well, they don't miss you. They're watching you do that. You should be ashamed of yourself. Making life miserable for the dead people. Making death miserable for the living people. Yes? Is the personality of a true teacher anything other than pointing? It seems to show up that way because the motivation of someone who is, is, was teaching from, from a wisdom mind, a conventional way of saying it, uh, is, is not their, their motivation is to do that. So therefore the, the personality could get mixed up with that. But there's no, the, the the way that, the way you might know and the way the teacher knows that they're, that they're nobody is they're not affected by praise or blame. Even though they might have done something Bad or wrong, they're they're not. They don't are not getting any energy from being praised. They're not getting any energy from being blamed. Uh, What what they when when they're blamed for something, they just see the 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 mind of the one who's doing that, the suffering. When they're praised for something something, they're seeing the mind of the of the one who is praising as as not seeing who's there. They say they think is there. Sometimes this can turn into what was mentioned a few moments ago as a personality, I'm overindulging in that. More? What is, go, ahead, go ahead. What is the first reliance pointing to if we can't differentiate the teacher from the pointing? It takes time. All you have to do is listen to the teaching. You, have to, you don't have to conclude anything. Just listen to the teaching and keep that in mind, just like the four reminders. Is another way of just keep those things in mind. Death comes without warning. This body will be a corpse good thing to keep in mind it's not negative it's just true there isn't anybody here that isn't going to leave pretty soon or maybe a little bit later go ahead
1: are we able to rely on the teachings without having a teacher uh,
0: after you have the teacher to not have a teacher i'm not saying it's impossible there are a few people who have who have uh, realized the fundamental nature of the of their mind with without a teaching a person but uh they don't always have an easy time of it because they don't have any context for suddenly not having a, a solid uh, identity anymore. Whereas the one who has practiced and practiced and studied these teachings and studied mm-hmm. the concepts, when the self-centeredness starts to go away or that collection of things, uh, passion, I mean, uh, um, form, feeling, perception, concept, consciousness, those different aspects of consciousness be- begin to fall apart. And, and the links between them be, begin to break, or we see that they aren't even connected. Then the consciousness that's been training their mind, that's been looking at this, looking at emptiness, looking at the relative emptiness, and looking for the ultimate emptiness. When the ultimate empties, emptiness shows up, uh, you've done your homework. You're ready for it. But if you're if you're not if you're not done that, and that spontaneously happens for whatever causes or conditions that may bring that about um, you could end up going to a psychiatrist to, for medications to stop that from happening rather than seeing that you're uh, you're in the middle of uh, realizing the fundamental nature of reality which is not separate from anything to realize in in your to realize that in your mind is not a conclusion it's not something you oh, I got it not it if you're doing that then you have more work to do if you think you're awake, you think you're enlightened, you think you're realized, this is incorrect. just more work to do. Yes. Could you say what the four
2: alliances are?
0: She can. There, there is some similar. I was going to give a talk on each one of them. That way I don't have to keep thinking up talk
3: titles. So the first, as he said, is rely on the Dharma, not the teacher. Rely on the meanings, not the words. Rely on explicit meanings, not implicit meanings. Rely on wisdom, not consciousness. And there are various translations or interpretations of yeah, that's, uh, that's good. I can't remember. But I'll just,
0: I can remember one of them.
3: That's what I'm doing first.
0: But you can ask questions about those if you can remember them.
2: Jessica in Whitmore Lake has a question. Certainly. How should we work with it if it looks like the teacher has misunderstood us? Should we always assume the teacher has seen us better than we see ourselves?
0: Very good question, Jessica. So um, I would say don't ask if you run into someone that you think might be your teacher, especially in the Buddhist uh, lineages, uh, if you meet that person, if you're not completely positive, without a doubt, go the other way. And if the teacher is trying to convince you of anything, red flags should go up. So so many of them should go up. You wouldn't even be able to see the teacher. Don't believe in any propaganda from any teacher, even if they're a Buddhist, even if they're wearing this outfit. And also, don't disbelieve it. Or don't look away. But sit down, stay there, stay around, and keep looking at that teacher. Watch every damn thing they do. And notice the, uh, the way your mind will evaluate everything they're doing. You're looking for some kind of a defect.
2: She said, damn did he catch me saying <laughs> Yeah, I was kind of laughing. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: I forgot there was a uh, a younger person in the room. Stop.
2: I said, Stop.
0: Stop. "It's okay." <laughs> oh, thanks. He let me off. <laughs> Yikes. So <laughs> So look at the look at that situation and uh, and just look at it and when you're I mean if you if you want a teacher, if you need a teacher, to help train your mind, you need some help, then, uh, then that's a good motivation for doing that. But then don't just don't settle. Maybe you need to talk to the Dalai Lama. Maybe you shouldn't settle for anybody but him. You can, you can go and study under him along with a, a million other people. Good luck getting an interview or being able to even talk to him face to face for more than two or three minutes in, in private. It would be very unusual because he has so many students, not only monks. I'm not trying to say you shouldn't go talk to him. Of course you should. I did back when he, before anybody knew about him. No, that guy lied. He just sat there and looked at me, and I didn't know what to say. So, I'm going to follow up on a little bit more on Jessica's question. I would say if you if you're sure, and I know who I'm talking to, I know who asked the question. So, and if you're absolutely sure, then ask to be the, that person's student. But don't ask unless you're sure. And this doesn't mean that you're that you're it means that you're ready to accept whatever that teacher does as a teaching. If you, tr- if you try to turn the teaching person, even though they're just another person, if you try to turn them into some kind of a, of a of a, a deity or some, something like that, that is exactly what I'm talking about by the, and what Meepam is talking about. Don't go there. Don't make the teacher into some special, don't go with the personality of the teacher. So make it into a, make it into a, teaching if the te- if the teacher functions in such a way you feel like it's uh, putting you off or he or she or they are not being fair with you or something if you're a student of the buddha's dharma then and that you've decided to have that person be your teacher then stay with it stay with it right until so you see that you're not separate, separate from the teacher now if the teacher does something terribly outlandish it could happen maybe you won't be able to do that just recently in the news we've had some teachers that are i can't say that word i guess but they are bad guys bad Buddhists. i think it, i think it's, it's a difficult difficult area because in ancient times the whole culture the whole society was different then so things people got away with things that they can't get away with anymore but just because of the intense uh, uh, visibility in the culture of everybody so in, in term, my teacher did stuff that wasn't acceptable to a lot of people and for good reasons but i would not be here if i weren't for my teacher so when you come into this world if you find yourself uh, functioning as a teacher at some point because of your own training or whatever uh you may not be able to be an angel you may not be able to appear like this pure person to everyone that's a misunderstanding and that's what that that first reliance is talking about look at what's being pointed at rather than the getting wrapped up in the personality of the teacher and jessica if you have another question around that i'd be happy to respond in the meantime i'll she has one? Good.
2: If we are certain about the teacher, should we assume they always see us better than we see ourselves?
0: Don't assume anything. Assume nothing. Assume nothing. And, ta- and But whatever the teacher says or whatever comments that they may make, uh, give it the benefit of the doubt. You don't have to believe it. But, you know, I don't ask anybody to believe anything. I usually say it the other way around. Don't believe a word I say. Say it over and over again. And I mean that. But if you're in here, you could... Consider it, but don't believe it. Inspect it, look at it, turn it over. Look this side, that side, see how, see if it fits with your understanding. If it fits, good. If it doesn't fit, good. It's always about awareness. It's not what arises in the awareness. That's a difficult one because the awareness is not a particular thing. Yes. It's
2: also good lifting up weights. What? It's also good lifting up weights.
0: It could be, yeah. Lifting up weights would be okay. You get stronger. Yeah, I caught his meaning for your questions. Ishikai. What's the
1: difference in re- relating to a teacher like you versus, say, some of the monks giving a Dharma talk? Or how should we, should we
0: approach learning from someone else differently than we would approach learning from you? I think you should approach, you should learn from everything. So people that are giving, the monks who are giving uh, what you could call practice Dharma talks, uh, they're pretty good. Sometimes they're really okay, you know, as far as the, the value we get out of them. But you should just, the same thing you should receive, it's Sangha. The, 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 the teaching person is also Sangha or community. Sometimes the talk the student may give might be better than the one the, the teacher is giving. Excuse me. But just, just receive it, listen to it, ask questions about it of the that person, whoever's teaching. Is that, I'm not sure if I'm following you exactly.
1: Yeah, I'm just wondering what what the difference is between the teacher and someone you're looking to learn from, mm-hmm. but isn't a teacher. So I guess I'm trying to yeah. see what that is. I don't know.
0: It would, I think it probably be different. A lot would depend on what kind of connection you had uh, with the person. Like I know you really uh, like Shulka, but you don't really care for Chiazon too much. So when they're teaching, you know, you're probably gonna like his talk better, even though his talks, that's that helpful. <coughs> There's not really no way to know for, for sure. Uh, the, the only thing I would say is the, the teaching person, uh, wherever that is, in this case, it's this old man. It should be the final word in this particular organization, in this sangha until the, that changes. And it could change anytime. At the end of the talk. <laughs> yes.
1: When you say to watch the teachers, actions like a hawk or pay attention
0: to what the teacher does. Is that true of other people also? you should, should you look at everyone? Yeah. You should stay in your sense fields, uh, not necessarily get sucked up into your mind about who's right, who's wrong, what's good, what's bad, what shouldn't happen, what should happen, what I should have gotten, what I deserve, what I don't deserve, all that chatter that goes on in our minds all the time. So and I'm not saying to shut that down. I'm saying include everything else. There's five other sense consciousnesses beside the mind. We sense thoughts. You don't really make up thoughts. If you think you do, then you'll continue to spin around looking for happiness. It's not a, it's not a, I'm not condemning you to anything. I'm just saying you're going to spin. So how do you do that? Sit down, hold still and watch what keeps me. It's the mind. And do not try to stop it. Don't necessarily, the way I teach this, don't try to come up with some kind of a fancy meditation technique that'll help you calm your mind. There are people that teach that all over YouTube, and probably a lot of other places. But right now you're listening to me, so don't do it. And then when you walk out of here, do whatever you want to do. But consider that, do this yourself, and the simpler the better. The technique needs to be needs to be very simple, not exotic uh, Tibetan techniques. Not that those aren't valuable for certain individuals. That may be a a Dharma door for them to go through. But the way it looks to me, having done a few of these practices, looks like sit down, hold still, watch what's moving. And you will see the very conflict. You'll see the energy that continually fights with itself. And there isn't any self, but it'll invent one. It invents another called an enemy. It invents another called a friend. It invents another called someone who's neutral or someone who's none of our business. Those are the three. And it's a variance, a var, a variations on those three three themes of passion, aggression, and ignorance. Q? Is the personality of the
1: teacher something
0: we invent? Yeah. No one can see the teacher. We always project. I'm not saying the teacher doesn't have characteristics or qualities or something. But we project onto the teacher. You actually see your projection. If You see who the teacher is, it's more like a mirror. You actually see yourself. If you see that you're projecting, then you're definitely seeing your own creation. If somebody's projecting heavily on me, I go look in the mirror and I have all kinds of grease paint all over my face of what they think I look like. Yes, sure.
1: Can we not see ourselves in the same sense that we can't see you? Say more. It just seems like even looking back this way, only projections and qualities that are relative can come up. So wondering if you can actually perceive
0: anybody. No, I can't. That's for later on. First, you try to perceive what you're perceiving. And then you, then it starts to show up that there, all the things you're perceiving put together don't make up a person. There's no solid self anywhere. The fundamental teachings of the Buddha is, there's, is this is empty of a solid personality. And everything else is empty of a solid being or personality. It is not other. The only thing that has any reality at all, and this is a suspect, is the perception itself. I'm perceiving you, but there's really no perceiver here, and there's nothing being perceived. Until that's understood, there'll be some kind of uh, rotation called war and peace and war and peace, happiness and sadness and happiness and sadness, success and failure, success and failure. Have you noticed? It's one thing after another, this, and then that goes to pieces, and then this gets better, and then that collapses, and then you have to get a new diet. You're Does polarity still show up in no separation? Uh, polarity is the no separation. So it shows up just like the two wings of a bird, to use a simple everyday metaphor. But they don't, there's two names for the same thing. Night and day are two names for the same thing. Is there anything <laughs> different between night and day other than that? then the sun goes away for a little while. And we make such a big deal out of it. Yes? How does the boundary between meditation and post-meditation begin to dissolve? We see that craziness and insanity and awakening, and sanity and in Buddhahood are not two different things. If you think they're two different things, you'll continue to spin and look for happiness elsewhere. Happiness is your birthright. You're already happy right now. I'm not talking about that kind of happiness that is a, 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 some kind of a... a of uh, titillation of the, the nerve endings or something tasting really good. It might be, probably will be, could be, and actually is both, it's both sweet and sour, good and bad, up and down, back and forth, all the polarity. Join nothing, reject nothing, don't go to war with anything, don't go to peace with anything. Going to peace with something can be get you in more trouble than going to war. Going to war is obvious. You're going to go to war with something. Aggression's obvious, but the, the other one is sneaky because it, it, it actually thinks it's right to go to peace, but it's not particularly a good idea. It just creates more tension. Anyone that doesn't understand, ask me a question about it, and I probably won't understand either. Michelle? How
2: does the going to peace create tension?
0: Because you're opposing war, and to the person, the one, the, the community, the the aggregate that is at war uh, sees you do that depending on how you do that. And it looks like a challenge to them. So they ramp it up because it it starts to lift out of the actual warfare into the the ideology or ideology of the war. We see it all over the place in the political system. It's a mess because people don't take care of each other. Don't realize that we're all in the same canoe instead there's Polarity, it's intense polarity, and it and it's it's increased by going to peace and trying to be the opposite of everything we see. Parents do it do it with their children. They think they're better than their children, so they think they're the ones who need to train them, even though they didn't get good training. Not not not, not good. So what do I say? Train your mind before you take your unexamined aggression uh, into a crowd of people that are warlike thinking you're gonna be peaceful there you know first find the aggression that's uh, uh, buried in in here or in here and let that air out a little bit first so that that air that aggression doesn't get triggered by the huh. craziness in the world so it's a simple idea
1: so, Is the Dharma teacher always on the clock
0: I <laughs> <laughs> mean like ten dollars an hour or
2: like that? You, you know
0: That's true. I don't. (laughs) What? I was thinking about time. Got to get to the Dharma talk.
1: Is everything thinking of having you around? We get to see you in a lot of non-explicit temple stuff, like uh, jumping
0: from roof to roof,
1: or talking about the roof next door.
0: Yeah. Complaining about the neighbors. Those kind of things.
1: Okay, go on. Is if we're around you. And those things are happening. Is all of that
0: a teaching for us? It certainly is, and it's not that the teaching person isn't deliberately isn't uh, is deliberately you know doing something certain so my students will benefit from my wonderful wisdom. It's not that. It's just just the fundamental situation. Watch how that's handled, because it won't always show up show up as you think it it should or it might. And watch how your uh, watch the difference in the way you are critical of other people in the Sangha, other people who live in the monastery, and the teacher. Watch how you you might, one time might really let the teacher off the hook for everything, and another time you, you aren't able to do that. It's, uh, they're obviously doing something bad or something wrong. there's more there, if you want to go into it, I'm happy to respond. Just thinking specifically, like the uh, Karmay
1: Ling project has been a source of contention with some Sangha members. Mm-hmm. we talked
2: about it past year. Or more. Who are they? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead.
1: How can we see something that looks so mundane as a teaching?
0: I, I have no idea. That's that's your end of the, you're the uh, fishing line. Like putting a roof on Kremmerling. So it's, it's interesting how that shows up that part of the foundation is challenged somehow. So now the architect... It's going to help us get an engineer to look at that and see if it's even worth putting a roof on that. I can tell you right now we're putting a roof on that building, even if even if the whole thing caves in. Do you believe that? I don't believe a word I say. <laughs> Not a good idea, because if I don't do that, you'll come and say, you said you were going to. And then you know what I'll say? I change my mind. It's that easy. Further question about that? It's good. Anyone else? Thank
2: Question from Jim and Miss Yeah, Jim. When someone comes and is expecting to be taught the relaxation techniques you mentioned, how might I respond?
0: Well, it would depend on what kind of energy is coming there. They're expecting that, and then you could talk about the. the you could meditate by if you really need to. If you're really upset, you could meditate by sitting down, holding stone, closing your closing your eyes, um, maybe following your breath a little bit. You could could teach that. I mean, if a person is really having a difficult time, we could start them there and then talk about what that's about, that that's getting you to calm down. But at some point, if if the person is interested in finding out what their fundamental dilemma is about, what their life is about in a deep way, then they could open their eyes and look at the ball, look at the floor. And so you could, you could just work with them where they're at. Some people, if they come to, if they come to your group there, uh, Jim, uh, they're probably ready to hear this uh, teaching. I'd say before, It's like if you use the, the metaphor of, of the drugs, the whole drug world, uh, the, the phar- pharmaceutical, they don't have drugs that cure things. They have dr- drugs that cover up symptoms. That's why we're in such a mess, because it makes so much money to stop the symptom rather than go in and deal with the actual issue. Obviously, not a medical person or a do- doctor, but I've been on lots of medication for a long time. And it's uh, really aggravating to see what that is, uh, to see that the drug, one drug I was taking for 15 years uh, because of acid reflux, a meprazol, that covers it up, but doesn't deal with the problem. That I still have acid stomach that's a, a proton pump inhibitor. Isn't that what it's called? Yeah, it covers that symptom up, so you don't feel like you have... That, except your stomach, you're you're still in really bad health. It's just the symptoms are hidden. And to me, and I'm not saying every kind of medicine just dudes, look at the squirrels, be one, hold your fingers like this, be one with the bunny rabbits. I'm being sarcastic, of course, but i'm I'm saying there's there's some of that going on that, and I'm not saying there aren't some people who maybe should be doing it. They're not ready to do anything else. So that, that's that, that have to acknowledge and be respectful of that too. But if you really want to, to go deeply into this issue of, of personal confusion, passion, aggression, ignorance, jealousy, depression, they keep covering up the depression. Uh, and if you go to a therapist, psychotherapist, they'll try to un, unravel your mind that is in knots. I'm not saying that couldn't be helpful. A little bit of that, of that might work, but you need to heal yourself I'm going to use that. You need to sit down and look at the dis-ease yourself. You don't even have to be a Buddhist. The only reason we have this structure is because it's very hard to do this with no lineage, no teaching, no history of people doing this over and over and over for 2,500 years. And people who do this uh, kind of a practice, there's no guarantee, but quite often if they do it long enough and insistent enough, uh, they clarify the original confusion that came into the world as a human being. And they're actually, if, they're, if they have the karma that brings that about, they might even help a few people. So meet uh, Jim. Meet them where they're at. Uh, if they if they want that, then meet them where they're at. But also let them know they're they're. We can do this for a while, but at some point you're going to need to open your eyes, stop following your breath, stop counting, and just watch the the spinning of the mind, and not interfere, not stop it, not encourage it, and not turn away from it. Those seem to be the three. And in that way, it the, the crazy mind it, it gets its fuel from hiding out from the nature of confusion by pretending to be happy, pretending to be okay. Uh, One of the uh, sneakiest forms of this is pride. Either the pride that's all puffed up and thinks it's pretty good, doing pretty good, or the pride that goes the other way that thinks I'm the worst person who's ever lived. I'm not worth anything and I'll never succeed and not worth it. And I might as well go end my life. We've got all kinds of time. Give me a really long question.
3: Kozan?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Let me sit back here. Go ahead, Kozan.
3: On the Dharma, not the teacher, how can we relate to the teacher to help us rely on the Dharma?
0: Listen to what the teacher is saying. Listen to what the teacher is saying. Don't, Don't pay too much attention to what the teacher is doing unless they aren't saying anything, then don't take your eyes off them. But listen to the words and look at the, the next uh, one of the reliances is don't get attached to the words. Look to what the words are pointing at. It's like the finger pointing at the moon. We get tied up with the finger and if it the right finger, is it the right color, is it the right shape, is it pointing in the right direction? Look. The reason we do that is when we look at where the finger is pointing, we see the moon. If we see the moon, then the, we, we, We've missed the finger. We need that finger to support us because the moon is kind of a vague thing. A finger at least has, you know, digits, it's digital, and the moon is analog. Right? Is that correct? I'll wear that metaphor out pretty soon. So listen to what the teacher is saying. I say don't believe anything I say. I'm not saying don't listen to me. I'm not saying it's well, the, the teacher said that, so don't you
2: There's a misunderstanding of something the teacher is doing, um, you often say, give the teacher the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. It seems like that could look like uh, ignoring what the teacher is doing and just saying, well, I'm just going to go with whatever the teacher is doing. Okay. So how do we actually give the benefit of the doubt without ignoring
0: You give the benefit of the doubt without the statement you just followed up with. Uh, the benefit of the doubt was open, them the benefit of the doubt. That means you're still watching it come and go and come and go. But uh, what what did you say right following that up? Without no, the other thing you said. Anybody remember what you said? When you, you said you made a, a kind of a comment that that uh, that signified that what you're what you were doing is you're coming to a conclusion about it. Oh, I'm just going to give you the benefit of that. like you stopped watching the situation. I don't remember what your words were. Why don't you just repeat what you said? Mm. <laughs> We'll do that later. I'll meet you on the roof and we'll discuss it. I'll, we'll watch the moon. I'll point at the moon. <laughs> and then I'll jump. i don't think you walk on the roof right now.
3: Is giving the teacher the benefit of the doubt a form of ignorance?
0: If, if you do, don't do anything else about that, just uh, don't come to a conclusion. The teacher says uh, purple is uh, uh, the combination of uh, green and pink. Give them the benefit of the doubt. In other words, look at that, and, and feel that feeling of saying, "Oh, that's not actually true." Then you you might say, "Well, it's not actually true," but then you might say, "This this is a teacher, so maybe I should just look at that for a while." Is there something else indicated by that? That might be a question. Is there something else that I that I'm missing around that? That's kind of a kind of a silly, um, flat uh, metaphor, but it, but it's like that. A teacher, the teaching person is doing something a certain way, and. So, and you've been here long enough, uh, you know, you, of course, you have to, (laughs) but know that the way things happen are not, they're not planned. Don't do much planning. So uh, I'm looking at everything, looking, looking at everyone and listening to everyone, doing uh, the very thing I say, receive. I'm doing a lot of that with everybody, receiving what people are saying, how they're feeling, what are they, what they're doing, what's happening. Uh, I do a lot of, uh, watching. Uh, like I've said before, the example of the um, I might watch someone do the form, uh, one of the forums and do it maybe differently than the way I asked to have it done. And I'm, I might months might go by before I say anything about it. So I'm kind of giving the benefit of the doubt to the person who's doing that. Choo-choo.
2: Jessica has another question What is the importance or role of hierarchy in the sangha?
0: So it's a Based on a on the the need for some kind of hierarchy, and then how uh, each teacher uh, handles that is going to determine what kind of students he or she has, how they how they work with that. If there some some people really need, uh, there's a Zen center over in, uh, in Detroit where the teaching person is in here, not not right or wrong, is very very strict and very parental, and you'll notice. Uh, I've been there in years, but you'll notice that his students are want a parental kind of teacher. There was someone who tells them what to do and tells them what not to do, and teaches in a very uh, parental way. So I, I think it just comes out of the organization. It comes out of the teacher. It comes out of could be how the teacher was taught, and maybe the, the op the situation that that we're in here. It's not like. I was taught I was not taught the way I teach is not the way I was taught. Uh, it's actually helped me see not to teach that way. But Trungpa Rinpoche, when he came to the United States from Tibet came out of a of a medieval society, ancient, ancient Tibet, was raised uh, in the 1940s and so uh, Tibet was still on its own then so it was a medieval society and he was uh, not treated so well. My understanding, if you read "Born in Tibet," tells you a little bit about his upbringing, which was very strict and very parental and very uh, harsh. So there's big hierarchy there. If you don't have some kind of hierarchy, then the situation will fall apart. If it gets too, uh, I don't know, democratic or something, there needs to be some kind of a hierarchy. The the leaves and the, the tree, to use a metaphor, can't don't really know how to be roots. The roots need to be roots. The trunk needs to be the trunk. The leaves need to be the leaves. So we have the the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha, the teaching person, what is being taught in the Sangha, or the community of people who are trying to understand the teaching of, uh, uh that everything is dependently arisen, that, that everything appears without a self and without other. And then the other one is everything is suffering or conflicted or in, in distress. And, uh, and you didn't say part-time, uh, it's there all the time, but quite often we can get away from it by pretending something else. So there needs to be some kind of a hierarchy for that to happen. So just like you have, a, you have a teacher. I'm sitting up here. Um, up down, you can see what it's like to be up here. No volunteers. More about how to talk about that. There's a, there's a natural hi- hierarchy in in human beings. There's a natural hier- hierarchy in nature. It's, it's all over the place. Or this part of the 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 little finger can't do what the thumb does. So it's a finger, it's a digit, but it it can't. So that hierarchy is very important. That same hierarchy is everywhere. Complete automatic cooperation. So the first finger doesn't have to convince the thumb to cooperate so you can uh, pick up a marshmallow. Yes.
1: The modern trend for like just broad equality based on a
0: misunderstanding? But it's not understanding is wrong. It's just try It's going against the the intense uh, control that's been happening for history. Through history, is intense societies that that are are warlike and and human beings who rise to the top of the situation as dictators and oligarchs and so on. It's not wrong. It's just dependently risen. Nobody's to blame. No one person is to blame. There. We're all the. We're all we are all coming out of causes and conditions just like this situation is comes out of a twenty five hundred year old tradition along with lots of other things that contributed to that yes
3: how would hierarchy differ from um, a misunderstanding of what may be perceived as power
0: so give me another give me a question uh, paraphrase it so I can address it more directly than the way you're asking it
3: well within a an organization such as this, there's sangha, teacher, the yeah. teaching. Okay. You've assigned certain roles, but is it possible for sangha members to misinterpret yeah. your assignment?
0: That, of course, that's how it's done. You can't, you can't, totally comply with anything. You can't totally follow a form. Uh, if you come in and, uh, and function as the one who offers uh, offerings on behalf of the sangha, excuse me, there's no way you can do that correctly. It's always something, always a misstep. I mean, if you you might get everything right, and then when you wave the incense out, it breaks. And then, uh, or you put the incense in, and you, it's very straight, and you back off, and it goes, well, then you have to come back and straighten it back up again 10 times.
2: Go ahead.
3: I guess the question is then how to work with what may be perceived as a misunderstanding of, of hierarchy, where it's perceived as power as opposed to a necessary By who? form.
0: If, if by who,
3: maybe a practitioner who comes in
0: and, and they, they, if they're if they're perceiving that as power, there may be some kind of power happening, and it also might be their projection of power coming out of being uh, exposed to some kind of uh, uh, manipulation through their life. It, it might be it might it might be an actual perception of it, and it also could be instead of seeing what's there. And maybe projecting things onto it, there might be a little bit of power going on there that might be accurate in some way. Bound to be something. If I, somebody, uh, the sewer, the know shoe, the shoe comes to me and asks me something, how do we handle this and this and this? I'll say, uh, and they say I'm going to do this. I don't do it that way. Don't do it that way. Do take care of this first, then come back to that. And the person that's asking that might not might not be seeing. They might have something else about this situation but I'm also just as likely to go the other way around and completely put something in someone's lap because I think several things, I think they might need to work with that. And I also might feel that they'll do a better job than I would. So I have no trouble delegating. Um, and I don't have to make every decision here. Is that, is that, so I, I, I want this to run itself. This is why I want to do this. And I want everything else to pay the bills, paint the roof, scrub the carpet, don't take in too many homeless people. Yes.
1: With the hierarchy set up, it seems like we can't help but become somewhat reliant on the teaching situation. Yeah. So when a lot of the day-to-day workings, like there's a lot of communication we run things and ask things through you, how does that not become an issue when when the body form of soap is on passive?
0: That doesn't happen yet. <coughs> might look like it. <laughs> <laughs> But don't, don't don't be too concerned about that. I, I, people talk about that quite a bit, and I think I'm kind of irritated with that. I'm not dead yet. No, it's, it's a valid thing to think about. But I, bet I wouldn't go too far with it. It's gonna be fine, it'll be fine. I mean, uh, if, if I could go on vacation for uh, a couple months and everything, I've done that, haven't I? You've left for
1: a while.
0: Yeah, I've left for a while. Things go fine. You might get a few emergency calls, but not much. Everything runs fine, you're afraid I'm afraid that Jason's going to take over my seat. he won't do that unless he has to.
3: Yes. Earlier you said that um, you have to meet the teacher so you can leave the teacher. And then I think you said don't leave. But your teacher, Colvin, went against the wishes of his teacher when Suzuki Roshi mm-hmm. asked him to come to this country. Was that a mistake?
0: There's no such thing as a mistake anywhere, anytime. There's no mistakes. If you think there's mistakes, you will continue to spin. There's no mistakes. There's just like there's no success. All that stuff is just relative. It just it just makes us go to war with everything. Isn't it painful? I mean, our families and there's so many people in the world that are constantly at war with each other. You could just cooperate a little bit and realize that everybody what wants to be happy. Everybody would like to be happy. Is there anybody that wouldn't kind of like to be happy? And one of the ways you can do that is uh be happy. This doesn't mean content. I'm saying just. Be genuine. Be who you are. Be where you're at. If you have anger or difficulty coming up, blame no one. If you have anger, difficulty, or depression, bl- don't blame yourself. Don't blame anything. It's just weather, but it's converted into some kind of personal vendetta or aggression. Or even if your even if your parents didn't uh, gave you a difficult time being raised, they probably had a difficult time being raised. Usually, that's kind of that's one of the cultural hand me downs. And you can you, you don't have to do that. You don't have to to buy into that kind of uh, logic about your, who's to blame. Any other questions? What
1: what is devotion to the teacher? How does it help?
0: Well, if you have a teacher, which you do, uh, give the teacher the benefit of the doubt. So I don't, as you know, you've been a student of mine for a while. I don't demand anything. I don't think, do I I demand anything? Except for that one thing, which we'll, we'll talk about that. So I I just, I think it's so different with each person. Uh, It's uh, not not, uh, as, what's the word, blind devotion, not just blindly turning yourself, life over to someone. We're not talking about that at all. I'm not saying there aren't teachers that want that or need that or even say that that's how you should be. You should dedicate or devote everything to the teacher. Uh, We've seen what's happened in that in uh, recent times. Not so good. Warren, yes?
3: Um, Ethan Hershephill from New York, blame no one, except all blame. Which one should I do? Both? Question mark.
0: No, I just work on them one at a time, Ethan. Uh, Just blame no one. In other words, don't blame me. Don't blame yourself. Don't blame anyone. Is that what he said? Yeah.
3: Got it. Yeah, (laughs) he got it. (laughs)
0: Uh, and the other way the other way of working with that too is to notice the way when something is coming up where there's an issue or a problem how bef- right before you do it you, you you kind of scan around not not uh, necessarily uh, physically but we're looking is there anybody that's i can blame for this any situation or any way that i can abandon the very thing that is your project is what you need to look at and leave that to find somebody who caused it Because as soon as you abandon any, uh, the most negative feeling that comes up in your mind, I don't care if it's anger that somebody just triggered, they didn't do it. That is your anger. That's in your consciousness. And that's where you need to work with it. Even if you, in in Buddhist uh, teachings, uh, say over and over and over and over again, be grateful to everyone. Thank you very much. And no complaints whatsoever. Even though someone has just abused you, that's very difficult to do. Practically impossible. Not practically. It's ultimately impossible because it's a constant hanging on to I'm right or I've been offended and somebody else has done something, even if they have. If you keep doing that, you'll be you, you you're buying into the same thing called samsara, relative truth of being born, living a life uh, full of pushing and pulling and success and failure and then dying. Before this body mind the, the sitting here goes or is on the internet goes back into the six sense fields, five sense fields, or I mean uh, elements. Datus or whatever you call them. Uh, find out who you are so that when this body mind does go, that you know that nothing happens to you. You don't go anywhere. Just the body falls away. Find that out. Find out now before that before that situation happens or before the threat of that starts to happen.
1: So don't Is it just the body goes away?
0: Is there some aspect of our mind that stays? The body and the mind are not uh, separate. They're, it's just It's just energy. It just changes form. But the, the, the body, the body, this comes into being. It's born. Uh, as you know, if you look at the 12 links in the chain of existence, uh, it comes into being and then slowly decays and goes out of being. But who you are fundamentally, uh, does not come into being. So what is unborn is unceasing. What is unborn can't die. It's another way of talking about eternity. But even eternity is kind of weak because it's about the time going on forever. And that's not exactly it. It's more like there isn't any time. Time is something we invent by using things that move, like, you know, pull all the hands off the clock, and then what do you got? Does time go away? Both of you guys think it does?
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: go ahead, Soto. Sato. So. Um,
3: is the student teacher relationship um, kind of a recognition of natural hierarchy?
0: Yes, it is. The teaching person, if if they uh, are a true teacher, what I call a true teacher, in other words, they're teaching out out of out of an understanding, not out of just something you read somewhere in a book that they're passing on to you like you would in a history class. Or not that there's anything wrong with history class classes or any other kind of uh, relative uh, wisdom, of course, it's powerful. But ultimate wisdom has to come out of wisdom, it has to come out of the way it doesn't come out of a, of a solid being. There's no individuality the personality might look very strong and might look ridiculous but there but but the teaching itself is uh, pure and comes from from no one in particular Thank
2: you.
0: Mm-hmm. Up.
1: so when the body drops does the relative aspect of the mind drop too like the personality and
0: tendencies may or may not it may some of those tendencies may tendencies uh, that didn't even show up in this lifetime may come from some other place uh, you, you. This is the only thing that's holding your personality together is this body mind complex that is going through an apparent time and place that is in a particular realm. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing, that, and even that, uh, some people are more are uh, more porous, and there and other energies can come and go. I don't happen to be one of those people. I'm not porous. I'm dense. You're more porous. And so it's, it's just a way of talking about it. It doesn't mean that this is this or this is this or we're not separating it out you know, in a way to try to get some uh, control of it. But just uh, that's why I say over and over again, just receive whatever's happening, receive as so far as you can. Just receive it without adding any comment or, or, or addition of judgment or value or don't do anything with it. If it needs to have value, it'll just show up on its own. Thank you so much.
3: We'll stand and dedicate the merit in the back of our Red Champ books. Like to remind everybody about the donation boxes in the hallway. Always there, ready to receive your financial support. We appreciate and depend on any monetary help you can give us. We also take donations online on PayPal. Thank you.
1: May the merit of this penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way.
3: The ten directions
1: of three
2: worlds, all good, all venerable ones.
1: Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas, The, the Buddhas and Bodhisattvas of the ten directions of the three times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light, and protect Sokopoji, Buddhist temple, monastery, our sangha, families, friends, and heal everyone who is unhappy, and sick, what's and suffering.